Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ReopenAmericaResourceCenter.com. Are you struggling personally or professionally because of the coronavirus shutdown? Ready to grow your business and serve more customers and clients? Finally, there's a trustworthy website with resources, relief options, grants, support, and much more for small businesses, nonprofits, and individuals. One location with all the information. It's time to get back to work, life, and reopen America. Visit reopenamericaresourcecenter.com today. The ultimate resource platform to help you in every way. This is Everything Home, the transformational show about life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness delivered by good people doing good business and good things. Let's take the word freedom. Wouldn't it be great to have more professional freedom, personal freedom, and how about financial freedom? Every week, Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content, interviews experts, entrepreneurs, professionals, and purpose-driven people to share their stories, their passions, and provide real-life, tangible takeaways. Get ready to be entertained, yet learn some incredible information. This is Everything Home, and this is Michelle Swinnick. This is a special episode of Everything Home, the Paycheck Protection Program, and how to survive now and on the other side with small business expert Gene Marks. It only took Congress 21 days from the time the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell proposed an additional $250 billion to the PPP. Funds ran out from round one on April 16th, and the Small Business Association started lending again on the 28th. That's 12 days of real people losing their income, jobs, and businesses because of political agendas by people who receive a guaranteed paycheck, benefits, and don't have to go to work, apparently. More on that later. EIDL, PPP, SBA, and Alphabet of Chaos, when small business owners, sole proprietors, and independent contractors are desperately needing help and just want to get back to work. Gene Marks is here to clear the fog of controversy and confusion. He's an author, columnist for publications such as Forbes, Fox Business, and Entrepreneur Magazine, a keynote speaker, small business expert, and CPA. He frequently appears on CNBC, Fox Business, and MSNBC, and he's also the founder of the Marks Group, which is a small business consulting firm. So first, my joke, and then on with the show. I went to the bank the other day and asked the manager to check my balance. And you know what he did? He pushed me over. These jokes are stupid, but they do make me laugh when I'm doing my research. Well, now it's time for facts, tips, and the financial guru of Twitter, Gene Marks. How are you this morning, Gene? Michelle, I'm doing fine. And I have to say, I love dumb jokes as well. I think (laughs) the dumber, the funnier. And that was like really funny. I, on Instagram, I follow an account called, uh, uh, dad jokes, you know, dad jokes. And, um, because those are really funny, you know, like dad, like, oh, dad. And uh, some of them are really, really funny as well. So 
keep it up. Keep doing those. <laughs> yeah. I'll just kind of slip them in later on when, when something's appropriate. I go to a couple of different sites or you just kind of Google and I would say a majority of the jokes are dirty. And so <laughs> some of them I have to clean up, change them around just a tiny bit, but you should have seen some of the dirty I, no, ones have, about that. I, it was, <laughs> yeah, it goes off on have, tangents. It's, it's funny that you say that because I, I do love dumb jokes. Sometimes dirty jokes are really funny. Obviously, we're not going to say any on this broadcast, but um, you know, for years, like I've listened to Howard Stern and I have like uh, the you know, Jackie the Joke Man used to be on his show. And he, uh, my wife and I went to see him do a stand up, Jackie the Joke Man. And it, it, you can't get any more dirtier and launchier <laughs> than that and dumber. <laughs> But so funny. Some of them were just really, you know, we sat there and laughed um, very guiltily, you know. But, boy, it was really funny stuff. So, I don't know. You know what? We can all use a laugh nowadays, you know. Exactly. And especially someone like yourself, a CPA with a sense of humor. I mean, who wouldn't want to work with you? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> there you oh, go. You're like too. an urban legend. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's dive into – how we're going to be able to get some information out there to small business donors and the PPP program and what I've experienced from conversations with a lot of people. There's paper guidelines and there's realities. You want to start there of giving personal stories and guidance. Really, people need guidance at this point. I do have some guidance uh, to give to you. In fact, just this morning, um, you know, I was on Twitter answering some questions and you know, one woman, you know, tweeted saying she's just, you know, confused about the PPP program. Does she include this expense? Does she not include that expense? You know, the guidelines aren't, you know, specifically clear. And, um, you know, one of the overriding things I've been telling people, Michelle, is that this, you know, this whole Paycheck Protection Program, it's, it's the, the onus of the implementation has been handed down to the banks. And we can talk later about what an awful job some of the big banks have been doing. But really in this, you know, the, the, the government, I think, did a great job. I think Secretary Mnuchin, I think Marco Rubio uh, did a wonderful job getting this out fast. Um, they knew at the time that the Paycheck Protection Program, all the answers weren't there, all the rules weren't there, all the guidelines weren't there, but, you know, people needed money. And they got the legislation through to their credit um, and the hope, you know, is that they were, uh, you know, they were expecting that the banks would sort of pick up the ball and, and run with it, you know, with their clients and help small businesses. And some banks have done a good job at this and some banks have not. And if you're a small business owner um, and you're, you're still applying or you're waiting for an answer, you still have questions like this, in the end, Michelle, this is a, a, this is a note that you're going to have a promissory note between you and the bank you are not borrowing money from the government here. You're not getting money from the Small Business Administration. The SBA is guaranteeing the loans so that, you know, if there's ever a problem, they'll, they'll stand behind the bank. But they're relying on the bank to get the, you know, to get the loans out. And you're going to sign a note with the bank. And the bank, if you have questions about the calculation of the loan amount or what what will be forgivable and what will not be forgivable, best source to go to is your financial lender and say, before I sign this agreement, can we both be on the same page and make sure we're in agreement that when I come back to you in July uh, and I submit this expense or that expense, do we agree that that will be forgivable? And is that in the agreement? So that you don't want to get into a shouting match in the summer when that happens. 
So in the end, these decisions are up to the banks, to the financial lenders. They have guidelines to follow, but my, my advice I've been giving a lot of people is talk to the financial lender and make sure that you guys are on the same page. So is it feasible based on what you're seeing for them to just walk into the bank if they're using one of the no. large institutions or even a community bank? I mean, it can't be that easy. First of all, no one's walking in anywhere. For God's sake, there's a pandemic going on, Michelle, right? So, well, yeah, but you know what I mean. They need the money. they got to talk to somebody. No one's answering yeah, on the phone, at least. Yeah. yeah, the banks are it's essential, at so at very you know least, what I mean. Yeah, at the very least on the phone, and at the very least, you know, by email, you know. But it is the larger banks um, have completely dropped the ball. And although Secretary Mnuchin has defended them recently, I, I actually think he's been very diplomatic and really has little choice but to do that. He is the Treasury Secretary. It's the community banks and the smaller banks that have really picked up the pace. I mean, perfect example is during the very first week of this Paycheck Protection Program when it was, you know, the, the bill was signed into law on March 27th. Uh, for two weeks before that, the Paycheck Protection Program, you know, part of it, it was all written up by the Senate Committee on Small Business. And all the people in the financial services industry had access to it. So they, they could have easily have prepared. Of course, the big banks didn't. Then it gets signed into law on March 27th. And then on April 3rd was the day the window is going to open where people could apply for these paycheck protection loans. So they had a week after it was, it was signed. And then what happened? The banks, the big banks, didn't, they hedged. So, well, they didn't have all the answers. They had you know, more questions, this and that. Meanwhile, many, many small community independent banks, they seem to have no problem processing their loans and getting these things out for their customers you know, because they understood that this was you know, needed and a good thing to do and the right thing to do. And, and they understood that you know, the onus was on them to follow the guidelines, but come to agreements with their customers, and they moved forward. But the big guys like Wells Fargo and, you know, Bank of America, and they started putting in all sorts of stipulations and rules and, um, and, and really became a bottleneck to the entire process. And because of that, I think that they, you know, they lost a lot of, you know, a lot of goodwill from businesses. And then after that, it, it became even worse when new allegations surfaced, which I'm sure will be proven, that they steered these loans to their larger customers. There, that that quote unquote could could be defined as a small business, but publicly held companies, restaurant chains, you know those kinds of companies, and and because they were bigger loans, and so they can get bigger fees and keep their bigger customers happy at the expense of small businesses um, that really needed it way more. And the big banks did that as well. And and you know I, I think uh, they're going to be suffering a lot of consequences in the relationships with small businesses for a long time. They're going to have a lot of repairing to do um, in the future. But for now, you know, talk to your, your community banker, your independent banker. And also I've heard good things about the, the platforms, the, the, some of the online lenders. Uh, Cabbage has been excellent. That's Cabbage with a K. On Deck Capital, QuickBooks Capital, PayPal, Square. Those financial online lenders, they've got the technology in place already. They've got the infrastructure. They've been, they do this already. And now they're processing uh, paycheck protection loans, and they have you know, customer service systems that they've invested in for their existing customers to respond to questions, to answer you know, things that you have. And 
I've heard good things from a lot of small businesses working with these online lenders that they, they're getting their questions answered from these guys and, and having a much better experience than, than working with their banks. So smaller community banks is the answer, and, and you know, there's online lenders also has been a good solution for a lot of businesses. As far as the paperwork, I haven't looked into it because it's not something that I personally need to pursue, but you come from a small business and CPA background. So you know when they give you a list of paperwork that's required, you're not surprised because you expect there to be due diligence. You expect there to have some sort of criteria basically for an underwriting process. If somebody's not in that world all the time, when they get that same list, they're overwhelmed and they go, my God, this is insane. Meanwhile, it's probably an abridged version of an actual business loan or an SBA loan. What is required of people so that they can really understand what they need So the most important thing that you need is your tax returns. That is what you're reporting to the federal government under penalty of perjury. So that is the, that is the most genuine resource for any bank that's looking to extend a loan. So you want to make sure you have your tax returns. Now, some people say, Hey, I haven't filed my 2019 tax returns, um, which is fair enough because, that's been extended until July. But if you have even a draft one that's been prepared but hasn't been filed, um, and certainly if you have your 2018 tax returns, that itself will be you know, very, very important. So that's number one is having tax returns. Number two, the Paycheck Protection Loan in particular is based on paychecks. You know, it is the whole principle of this is so that you can keep your employees off of unemployment Keep them working for you, and the government will, will help out by reimbursing you for your payroll over an eight-week period of time. Well, for them to know this, they need to understand what your payroll is. So in addition to your tax returns, you need to have good payroll records. So if you use a payroll service like a Paychecks, for example, or one of those, you've got to make sure that you've got the, the payroll reports that they provide so that you can you can provide that when when the bank when the bank asks. In addition to that, um, you can also when you calculate your loan include costs for say group health insurance. You can include costs for uh, you know vacation time. You can include costs for any state and local payroll taxes. Some of those things are already reflected on your payroll records, particularly if you use a payroll service but it's possible that you might need to make some photocopies of, uh, you know, of prior the last 12 months of your group insurance premiums, for example, so that at least you can submit that. That's what you need. You need your tax returns, you need your payroll records, and then you might need some other supporting documentation for other payroll-related expenses like group health insurance so that you can submit that, you know, you can submit that up. Those are the big questions that are usually asked by the banks. The rest of the questions are just sort of representations about your business. Have you been affected by COVID-19? Some banks, it depends, ask for you to to document the effect. Have you lost 50% of your sales, 20% of your sales? So you have to be honest with those those representations because you don't want to get in trouble down the line for submitting any dishonest or fraudulent information. Getting back to your original question, if the It's those documents. Now, one other thing to mention, if you go, and this is surprise people, but it's not a surprise. If you decide to use a 
online lender, again, uh, you know, the cabbage, cabbage and on deck capital and PayPal and all those guys, uh, cabbage and on deck capital are perfect examples. One of the reasons why their business, what their business model is, they loan money to small businesses, short-term loans, sometimes at very high interest rates, but that's another, that's another topic. But <laughs> what they do is they require their clients, they require that they can get access to their clients' books. So if, you know, if a lot of clients are using cloud-based accounting systems, QuickBooks, things like that, and these companies as a requirement say, well, for us to give you that loan, we need access to your, to your books. You have to give us access. And first, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's kind of startling. But secondly, you can give them access where they can't change anything. They can just view it. And it's, it's the new way of banking. It's how these technology companies evaluate real time how their loans are doing because they can look real time into the systems of the companies that they're loaning money to. They don't have to wait months for an accounting report to come out. They can see it right then and there. So they're doing the same thing with these paycheck protection loans. They're saying, listen, for us to process, we need access to your accounting system so that we can, you know, that's the compliance that we require. Don't be surprised if they ask that and don't resist if they ask that. If it's set up the right way and securely enough, they can't change any of the data, but this is the way the you know, banking is done in 2020 by, by online lenders. And if you want the money, that's something you're going to have to also comply with. Are they going to be monitoring your accounting moving forward? Like every 30 days, they pop in and check to see what your numbers are. Is that kind they of helping? <laughs> that's, that's where it's going then. Yeah. Yeah, they can. And, you know, it is a, it's, hmm. listen, it's a debate. And I'm not saying that I, which way or that, that you agree with it or not. But, you know, in the end, your banker is your partner. Um, a lot of businesses for years, Michelle, have complained to me that they can't get access to capital because they're too small or they don't have an accountant or they don't, uh, you know, they're just, they, they have a bad credit history, whatever. Well, now these online lenders are saying, hey, we can provide you this capital. Uh, we are going to charge you more interest than a bank. So, again, another topic for another time. However, if we're going to take the risk and provide you with capital when most people wouldn't, one of the requirements is we're going to want to see your numbers. You know, and, we're, and we want to see it whenever we want to see it so that we can keep close eye on how you're doing. I think that's, that's the deal. And that's what these companies are used to doing. And, and don't be surprised if they ask you to do the same for the paycheck protection ones. That's actually a whole nother topic for another show. And it sounds like that's the direction a lot of things are headed. Yep. This whole epidemic has forced so many businesses to jump into the, and accelerate into this digital era that they probably never thought they had to take that step or they didn't actually have to be forced into it so quickly. When the dust settles and things start getting back to normal, there's going to be a lot of changes. You just brought up an incredible example of where things yeah. are going and where there is one, there is many, right? That's kind of the direction at some point, the larger banks or in the community banks or the, the institutions that have brick and mortar, they'll be on that same page because it does make sense. I mean, you, there's a lot of risk to lending out money. You want to be able to see what's going on and not have to pick up the, uh, the debris or the consequences six and 12 months down the road when maybe there could have been some triage done in the meantime. Really interesting. 
And, and you talk about how the paycheck, how this coronavirus and the Paycheck Protection Program is will be disruptive to financial services. So number one, we're finding out that the big banks really don't give a toss about small businesses, clearly, by the way they've been behaving. That's one. And number two is the smaller community banks, we're also finding out that you know, good as their intentions are and, and good as their customer service can be, many of them are lacking the technology infrastructure they need to compete in 2020. And they're losing business. They're losing customers to these online lenders who are viewing this whole thing rightly so as an opportunity, Michelle. They're saying, listen, you know, I'm Cabbage or On Deck Capital. Come, come to us. See what kind of a great experience you have with us processing your paycheck protection loan. See how easy it is to use our platform and, and how good we are. And I guarantee you months from now, once things are, are righted, those same online lenders will be coming back to their small businesses and saying, that was great working with you at the Paycheck Protection Loan. How about some more capital for your business? And there will be a percentage of small businesses that will be like, hey, this is great, and, and it's worth the additional cost, and the experience is much better, even compared to my community or independent bank, who unfortunately many of them are kind of still operating as they did a decade or two ago when it comes to technology. And as you have a younger and more mobile demographic of business owners growing now into you know, positions of ownership and responsibility, they kind of expect that kind of online experience. And many of those business owners in their 30s, them giving up you know, access to their accounting system over the cloud, man, they've been doing that now since college. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, used they're, to, used to they're used to it. They're used to the cloud. Right. And, and again, the community banks, as good as they've been, the ones that don't realize this trend, um, which has been really, really accelerated because of this whole pandemic and the Paycheck Protection Program, these community banks are going to have issues. There's a lot of changes that are going to be, as you mentioned, accelerated because of all of this. And people aren't thinking that right now. They're thinking survival. They're thinking, what yep. do I need to do in order to get to, to the next day? And then from that transition, you know, let's just say that more people are going to work with these lenders, the community banks, not necessarily using the larger institutions. There is a trickle down. Well, now the bank, the larger institutions don't need as many brick and mortars. So maybe they close a couple different branches based on locations, more people out of work. Now you've got less commercial leases. As people have found out in this whole process, there are so many layers involved from getting something that, uh, as I gave an example before the show, a piece of fruit off of the tree. To get that piece of fruit off the tree yep. into my refrigerator in a carton, yep. people have no idea until all this. When's the last time you had a conversation about the supply chain? People are now informed that there's a lot of work and a lot of people and a lot of innovation and a lot of ingenuity that go in between those two points from A to B. And people have a lot of appreciation for not only the people that perform the work, but the people that actually have figured out how to make that happen. Have you had these conversations with your clients that they went, God, I had no idea. I had no idea, even though that they yep. might even own their own business because their business has nothing to do with distribution or, or manufacturing or even um, transportation, any of those type of things. Yeah, the place I've seen it the most is just the definition of essential businesses. I mean, you know, there's, they've been allowed to operate during the pandemic, and a lot of my clients, they've been frustrated because, really, how do you determine what business is essential or not? 
that can operate. I mean, like you just said, to buy a piece of fruit even or a carton of eggs, all the things that have to go into that egg being in your refrigerator are provided by countless businesses that you don't even think about that are in the industry from the packaging to the production to the you know, sterilization to the equipment that you need to, the, uh, to the, the person driving the truck and picking it up to the cleaning service, all these different businesses. Uh, and you realize just how interrelated they all are. It's very, very tough to say what's essential and what's not. Who are you to say that my business isn't essential? Well, then you can go right. ahead and pay my bills. <laughs> right? So you have that discussion with people. So yeah, that's exactly it, it right. seems like the Paycheck Protection Program, I mean, the information that people need in order to make this work made it pretty clear. It's not a lot of paperwork. Obviously, if they've tried this with the community banks, the large institutions, Go with a fintech company and just make it happen so you can move on and get to the next step with your own business. Now what? Okay. So now we still are in shutdown. They're starting to slowly open certain states, certain regions, certain parts of the state, certain businesses. I mean, I'm here in Arizona. We just got a somewhat extension for two weeks. They're going to be opening up retail and restaurants really within the next week, week and a half, it sounds like. So that should be very interesting here. You're in Philadelphia, so two to three million people there, and you actually live in the city. Mm -hmm. What do businesses do? I mean, because you got to be smart. Obviously, there's liability. I mean, what are you advising your clients on how to re-strategize or tips to save some money based on tax advantages they've got now? What strategies they do to go ahead and maybe reposition their business because they're not going to have as much volume? What are you telling your clients? A few things. First of all, this will all start off with, this will all be about safety, workplace safety, and liability, which are going to be some very hairy issues coming up in the next few months. The companies themselves that are going to start reopening, whether you're in retail, restaurants, or you're, you're just you know, non, a B2B company, you have got to make sure that your workplace is as absolutely safe as it can possibly be. And the safety is a new definition nowadays. Um, my clients that are operating essential businesses right now where they've got employees coming into work, you look at them. What are those companies doing? And I'll tell you what they're doing. They're, they're multiple times a day uh, doing temperature checks. They are uh, working on procuring diagnostic tests as they become more available so they can do testing on their employees and requiring them to do it for their own benefit. They're putting hand, obviously, sanitizers and gloves, investing in that everywhere. They're assigning people to, to wipe down surfaces multiple times during the day. They're requiring social distancing and, and limiting face-to-face -face meetings of groups of people. They're having more people work from home than ever before, and they've realized that they can, they can do it. These are all things that you need to make sure that you are doing you need to advertise that you're doing it and communicate it to your employees and your customers and be real clear about it. And you should also be talking to your insurance agents because, you know, one employee comes down with COVID-19 uh, or one customer comes into your place and they accuse you because of some practice that you didn't do or something that you missed that they contracted into your place of business and you got a big issue. And you need to make sure that you're talking to your insurance agent about what coverage you have for stuff like that and be absolutely clear because the insurance industry has skirted the whole business interruption things going on right now. Mm -hmm. um, they got smart and wrote that into their policies after the SARS epidemic 
but they can't skirt liabilities going forward, and you need to make sure that you've got your coverage uh, in place for that. So that's, that is a big, big thing that you need to make sure that you're doing. The second thing is you, you mentioned, Michelle, about like restaurants, for example, slow to come back. It is going to be slow. I mean, my prediction is we're talking right now at the end of April, so you can mark this down. I do believe that by the end of the summer, there will be multiple treatments publicly available uh, and growing in use. I mean, just this week, Gilead Sciences announced, and Dr. Fauci was also, you know, backing it as a, as a, as a the first big treatment for, you know, for COVID-19. We're going to see a few others where there will start to be a dissipation of the fear that unless you're 97 years old and have emphysema, if you get COVID-19, mm-hmm. the chances of you dying will be you know, very, very minimalized. And that will help get things back to normal. But you're looking at three to six months of slow, you know, slow commerce. And any business, restaurants in particular, but any business, you need to know what your overhead is. And you need to understand whether or not you're even capable of reopening. Because if your overhead is X and you need to have Y of revenue to cover that overhead, uh, and you don't think that's going to happen in these slower times, you're going to have to think really, really hard about the future of your business or make some big adjustments so that your expected revenue, I mean, if you expect to have half the number of diners in your place, you can't have the same level of overhead that you had before. You've got to make adjustments, um, and some of them could be pretty drastic. And one final thing, Michelle, because I just wrote about it today in the Washington Times, we're going to see an avalanche of small businesses declaring bankruptcy. Part of it is Darwinism because it's you know businesses that were – able to succeed in a great economy despite their best efforts to fail. Mm-hmm. But now mm-hmm. they're going to fail because they didn't have enough cash in the bank and weren't managed that great to begin with. But even other businesses are going to you know, be forced to do this. And the only good news that I have for you there is just in this past February, a new law went into effect. It's a Small Business Reorganization Act, which makes it a lot easier for small businesses to declare Chapter 11. It's a reorganization type of bankruptcy, which basically means you don't have to go out of business. You can just put a halt to things, renegotiate your debts, and make a plan for the future, and then reemerge when things are a little bit better. And of course, that has some big drawbacks to your credit history and, you know, your, to your ego, you know, but it, it may be, you know, a, you know, a strategy for you, and it's certainly made easier just this year. And that has to be another thing I think a lot of businesses are going to consider. I'm glad that you brought that up. So at least people have this in their head now. They have to make those decisions. Is this feasible? Is it worth it? You know, just the stress alone. And maybe this is something that these businesses, they said, you know what? I didn't love it. And I've just done it because the money was so good and it was easy. And now things go back to, it's like anything else. When times are great and people are showing up and and everything's working, people aren't necessarily marketing and advertising because they don't necessarily have to. People jump into that because they always forget to do it. And then all of a sudden now they need to do it and they have to, to really think about what their business is. Is it worth it? Is it worth the time? the stress, the effort. I mean, small business and being entrepreneurs, everyone thinks it's amazing. It's awesome. And you're your own boss. And you know that from being your own boss yourself and owning your own business and dealing with 600 clients. <laughs> this it is romantic. not all, yeah, it ain't all fun and it ain't all roses. And it, 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 you know what I mean? It, it's not like that. Everything at this point, it's like, we're all buying time. 
they're buying time to get through the next paycheck protection is eight weeks. You know, who knows what they're going to do after that? They've done the unemployment with the extra $600 a week to try to make sense for people that really did lose a bunch of income. That's on a four month plan. You know, and you just mentioned three to six months before we get to the point where there might be some normalcy back in the game. People just need to be smart about timeframes and buying time and, you're not necessarily robbing Peter to pay Paul, but you've got to put your plan together. I'm assuming you're yep. taking new clients because people need your help at this point. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we are. I mean, we're taking clients. We Listen, I've had a lot of pro- – we do a lot of technology projects in my company. I've got 10 employees, and uh, we've got a bunch of projects put on hold. My business has absolutely been impacted by this coronavirus. How, having said that, we for the past 10 years, we've been virtual, so I don't have an office, which – on the on the good side, it means that you know my overhead is really low. I mean, I can operate with a lot less revenue um, and navigate my way through here. Of course, on the downside, we're like the world's most dysfunctional company because we never see each other all at once. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but I do have some cash in the bank that I've accumulated over the past ten years. Um, I'm not a very I don't know. I shop at Target and I drive a, a Toyota Rav Four. My luxury is an Outback Steakhouse. I don't know. I just don't spend that much money. My wife and I are much the same. So, you know, so in times like this, it sucks because revenues are down and, and I got to dip into cash a little bit. But um, I'll, be, I'll be okay. And I, I'm not alone. I know a lot of other business owners that are like me. There's a guy that I'm good friends with that owns a couple of restaurants in the city for years, diners. And, uh, you know, he's not happy that he's been shut down, but he'll be fine. You know, he's banked. He's got some money in the bank. He knows, what's, he knows how to operate his business. He's got a plan for coming back very slowly and with minimal employees. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. There's plenty of business owners out there that, that are like that, that will ultimately be fine. Not happy about things. But then also you have a longer-term point of view. He was telling me just yesterday, like, man, we've been going gangbusters the past six, seven years, you know, and then we mm-hmm. just hit a wall, mm-hmm. you know, but – he appreciates the fact that business has been really good over the past six, seven, eight years. Now we've got a year of downtime. What can I tell you? I said you were an urban legend in the beginning. So not only are you you're a CPA with a sense of humor, you're humble. You're you're like normal. You're like one, you're like a normal person, <laughs> as opposed to all these. I'm other, not sure that I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> I have to talk to my friends about that. Well, you know, it's, it's <laughs> most people that are in a position like yourself, where you're on television a lot, you're writing articles for bigger publications, you've got a lot of high-powered clients that are small, medium-sized businesses. Most of them are always trying to portray that they're fine, that they're multimillionaires, and they're not affected yeah, by anything. I mean, if you watch a TV, nobody is giving their own personal stories. When they come on, they're just giving their expert knowledge about the situation. I but I will tell you one thing. Whenever I do meet business owners, and I've learned this over the years, no one is doing as well as they say they're doing. But just, it's just, that's just a fact. I mean, people love to puff themselves up and make it like they're master of the universe or that all things are great or, you know, whatever. That's just never the case. I mean, my best business owner clients, I mean, I have some great, really smart business owner clients um, that I work with, I've known for years. They're no more than 60 to 90 days away from bankruptcy. You wow. Know? <laughs> Right? I mean, now that's a reality they're operating check. their companies. They're, well, they're doing their thing. They've got cash in the bank, but they, they don't know what their orders are you know, in the future. They don't know if the bottom's going to drop out. They don't know. They, there's, they always walk around with anxiety 
because of how their business is going and if it's going to continue on. It's just the way it is. Like nobody's figured it out. And even the smartest and most successful business owners are, are navigating themselves the best that they can. But whether or not everything is super peachy rosy, I never believe those stories when I, when I hear that they got it all under control. Nobody's got it all under control. This is a perfect example, you know, the coronavirus pandemic. And it's always an unprecedented thing. This is an unprecedented that we shut down the economy. Okay, well, you know, there's been 5,000 years of human history recorded, millions of years unrecorded. There's been plenty of plagues and pandemics and wars and pillaging and raping and sacking of cities. You know, this is not unprecedented. This is just, we just uh-huh. haven't seen this in our lifetimes. But, uh-huh. you know, you have to prepare for the fact that stuff happens. That's all. And I think that's a perfect reminder for people. Everybody's in the same boat, regardless of how much they're pretending that they're not. And that's something that they just got to keep in mind. So strategize, navigate. You're not alone. Everybody's going through the same thing. So just do what's best for you and your business, your family, and your household. So as I mentioned in the beginning that Gene Marks is the financial guru of Twitter, the information that he shares, he actually answers questions, people. So if you have questions, follow him on Twitter he will get back to you. He will answer your questions. Yep. But the content that Gene provides, the articles, the small business guide, which we're going to put on our Corona support resource tab on our website, which is everythinghometalkshow.com. When Gene puts something up there, I'm going to do what I can to either share it or put it on the website so it's in a permanent spot. But Gene, do you want to give your Twitter handle and any other information sure. you want to provide? Because as I said, it's, you're the urban legends of CPAs. I want to direct as many people <laughs> to you as possible because I think you're going to be saving a lot of people's sanity and lives. I appreciate that uh, a lot, Michelle. It's very nice of you to say. Yeah, my Twitter handle is Gene Marks, G-E-N-E-M-A-R-K-S. And I'm on it all the time and answering questions. And it, it's not a Herculean thing, mainly because a lot of the questions I get are similar or repeat questions, and I'll respond to each one, but it's not like I have to think very hard. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. good news, and I'm able to <laughs> respond. I mean, I realize for every individual, their question is unique, and I want to make sure that I answer their question. But for me, it's not as unique, so it doesn't, you know, like, don't worry, I will, I will answer um, your questions. And so you look for it there. I'm working on a book. It's coming out this summer called the Small Business Book of Lists, and I'll share that with you later, Michelle. It's like 300 lists from 190 experts, including myself, just answering every question in the world about running your business in list format. It's a big, like, 800-page book. More on that coming, which I think will oh, be a good. great resource for business owners. We'll have you back on. We can go into detail into the book, and yeah. people by then, I think, will be those. ready to really look for those resources because they've got a handle on what's going on with their own business. So your timing probably right. is going to be perfect. Oh, good for you. That's, right. That's definitely needed. So. All right, Gene, thank you so much. Gene Marks, the financial guru of Twitter and the founder and principal of the Marks Group. Thank you so much, Gene, for coming on. I look forward to talking to you again. You've just been wonderful and a great resource for people during this hard economic time. You're the man. Thank you, Michelle. Yep, and you do great work as well. So I, I, I'm a fan, and, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Oh, definitely. You are on my number one list, the uh, urban legend of the CPA world for sure. You've been listening to Everything Home with Michelle Swinnick. Life. 
laughter, and the pursuit of happiness. To meet, learn from, and hire the experts and the guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Home Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace, visit everythinghometalkshow.com slash episodes. And to listen, subscribe, rate, review, like, follow, comment, and share, go to www.everythinghometalkshow.com and find us on all the major listening platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you were entertained, and we hope that you picked up some real-life, tangible takeaways from some good people doing good business and good things. Till next time, this is Everything Home, signing off. Did you know 63% of consumers prefer to buy from purpose-driven brands and businesses that reflect their own values, beliefs, and support charitable causes? Promos for a Purpose provides business owners with ways to support worthy causes and promote their brands at the same time with its comprehensive done-for-you marketing and media program. Visit www.promosforapurpose.com for more information. Promosforapurpose.com With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.